You may kill me, but you may never insult me. Who am I? I'm Kevin Jack Sparrow. Get the truth about movies on the movie show. If he were telling the truth, he wouldn't have told us. <laughs> Tell them, Sparrow! Unless, of course, he knew you wouldn't believe the truth, even if he told it. Mm-hmm. Hello? Joey, it's Ross. I need some help. Help has come your way because you are listening to the movie show. Look up. Look left. Now look to your right. Look up again. Look to your left again. Look right. Now look down. You see there? There's a like button. Hit it. And then subscribe. That is a bit on the... On your right side. (laughs) (laughs) This video is not sponsored by YouTube. It's definitely not sponsored by YouTube. And if you're listening, you go into Active TV, the movie show on YouTube. Go search it right now. Active TV. A-C-T-I-V. Hey, remember that. eh? A-C-T-I-V-E. TV. On YouTube, and you'll see a visual version of this podcast. Then you'll know exactly what I'm talking about. And if you don't know what podcast we are talking about, we are talking about the wonderful, the divine, the very highly entertaining Active FM. And That's A C T I V E F M. And then it like comes down. What's up? I'm Sash. My name is Ryan. Today we are talking about Quentin Tarantino's first film. What a hit. Right? Reservoir. It really was a hit though. It literally really was a hit. Shockingly so. And it was his first film. Like, Do you you think it was tied to his name or just the fact that it was a good film? I think it... I I honestly think it's because of the fact that it was a good film. I know though, I, I read somewhere that it didn't do well in... Okay, it didn't do badly, but it didn't do that well in America. But in London, it apparently blew up so much so that when Quinson went over to London, he literally couldn't walk in the street because he was like being mobbed, mob attacked by like Londoners just because they loved it so much. And honestly, today, it's that the British still have a very high regard for, sure. for this film. So I think it, it did what, it, what Quinton needed it to mm. do for him. Yeah, so I personally would like to watch, if you know anything about Quentin Tarantino, he stated that he's only going to be making 10 films. But if you look at his film career, he actually has made more, but he there's a specific list that he classifies as his 10 films. Once Upon a Time in Hollywood is the ninth film on that list, and Reservoir Dogs is the first film on that list. So I personally want to go through all of the films. I've watched Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Uh, we've also done Django. The Django! <laughs> That's my favorite line for that whole movie. And then we did Inglorious Men Born Out of Wedlock. And that's it, right? Yep. Yeah, we haven't done anything else. Next Next is... I don't think... Isn't it Pulp Fiction? uh, I was actually going to ask about that. I think it's Pulp Fiction. Yeah, it actually looks quite quite an interesting film. I've always... And I mean, Pulp Fiction is one of those films that like every video you watch about like film trivia or you know like where does this line come Relates from it's, it's, and you always have like mm. the classics on those movie like whatever trivia mm. videos and Pulp Fiction always comes up mm. like it, it always comes up and if you guys continue listening to this you're gonna find out two things out of this film that mm-hmm. is related to Pulp, Pulp Fiction, Fiction yeah. brilliant I think we'll leave that one for last yeah. just to keep them sticking through and no you can't fast forward because we might just do it earlier <laughs> You never know. So Reservoir Dogs was 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 released in the year 1992. You make it sound so far away. <laughs> but it was 
30 years ago. Mm. Can you believe it? Yeah. Th- literally, because it's 2022 now. This was 30 years ago, people. I, I will admit, when I saw when I saw which year it was released, I was like, Ugh. Yeah, you kind of, there's this thing in your head about old first, films, eh? One of his first films, 92. Mm, I was like, what was I doing in 92? Wow. I wasn't alive in 92. Yeah, I don't remember 92. Though. I was minus five. <laughs> <laughs> Literally. <laughs> My parents weren't even married in 1992. Well, there you go. My, yeah. yeah, it was a long time ago. <laughs> it's a one hour and 39 minute film. This, this is the days where you had 90 minutes for mm. a film that was like your standard. And it does good old trailers. You know, with the I, voice. I never watched the trailer. Really? Did you watch I, the trailer? I watched it afterwards. Oh, I was serious. And that, that voice of yes. back in the day when uh, 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 <laughs> there was time when. Uh, <laughs> you gotta love good that, old trailers. That's when you know it was an old trailer. Old, yeah. Now it's just like. Go, go, <laughs> did you hear the Willam scream? No. It was in, the, in one of the cop chases, the running down the street, next one. Ah! It was like, nice, Quentin. Nice. Really? Yep. The Willam scream was oh, in damn. it. Mm-hmm. Oh, there you go. I missed it. <laughs> so the budget for the film, there's actually an interesting story, but we'll get into that later. But mm. the budget was 1.2 million US dollars. Box office was 2.9 million US dollars. So they literally more than doubled, yeah. which is very good for a first. Because you've got to remember at this stage, literally at this stage, Quentin Tarantino was not known. No one knew Quentin Tarantino. Fresh guy off the block. He literally was like this new director, mm. which, which first of all puts it against you because like no one's ever seen your work. You're new in the industry. Like what do you know type of thing. I remember um, I watched um, a video. So they, they made, it was back in the day, even with the old, like, uh, you know when you know this is like an old video but it was they did like a documentary a short documentary on what the stunt you know the stunt where um mr who was it what what was the cop mr orange mr orange he was running and then he i think it no it was mr pink okay who stole the car mr pink yes yes that's right. so he was running and then he you know he he turns the corner and basically gets hit by a car. Yeah. And then he still throws the woman out the car yeah. and takes the car. So he didn't do the actor, didn't do that stunt. They got a stunt double. And they were literally doing like this whole documentary where the stunt man was explaining, this is what I'm doing. And then literally the chick that was announcing said with a, a, a new with new on the scene, Quentin Tarantino. But the whole video wasn't focused on Quentin Tarantino. It was focused on this very renowned yeah, stunt double stunt. that was like doing his thing. Okay. And then you saw like, Quentin in the background and they like showed one snippet of him directing him and no I trust him you know he says he knows what he's doing as in Quentin speaking he knows what he's doing so Quentin Tarantino wasn't known but the fact that it did it did as well as it did brilliant yeah so cast for the film Quentin Tarantino acts in the film so if you don't know what or who or what he looks like just look for a very tall guy with brownie and a big chin and forehead (laughs) <laughs> oh, so you focus on the forehead I noticed the chin I'm just like Whenever I see him I'm like And he smiles a lot He does He yeah. does smile a lot yeah. And he's very He's Yes His arms are up in the air Whenever but he explains Yes But yeah. even that's him as a director yeah. no, That's just definitely. him as a person I personally don't think Quentin Tarantino acts <laughs> I just think he shows up And he's, mm. he cameos As himself mm. Yeah, because I've even I've I've seen him in a movie yeah. where he wasn't right. directing; he was just acting. You're right. But he was still like himself. Mm. So because even even in I think it's like the first scene, 
you see him explain. <laughs> I'm just like, that's the director. That, that's the director right there, people. There he is. He's Ta-da. being himself. Then Tim Roth plays Mr. Orange. I, I thoroughly enjoyed him. I personally don't. Okay, a lot of these actors I wasn't familiar with because it's a, a film from 1992. Yeah. Um, Harvey Kittle, I know he actually. So what happened with him was originally Quentin Tarantino was only going to make this film basically like guerrilla shoot it. What that means is like you don't have filming permits. You don't have it's like a very low budget mm. film like you you run around the city filming and if cops come you run for it you know that's we've done that before and then they had a budget of like like 30,000 or something very minimal like that 30,000 yeah and then a lot of producers came along and one producer even said I'll give you half a million dollars mm. to produce it if, if my girlfriend can play Mr. Blonde's Mr. character um, another one also wanted to produce it but they also wanted Quentin Tarantino to change something and Quentin didn't want to but eventually Harvey got hold of the script now by this time he was quite a well known actor and a high guarded actor and he read the script and literally said to Quentin let me have a role in this film and I will produce it as well and he's he's the one that got the film's budget up to one mm. million so and then Quentin was obviously able to to make it it's still a, a, it's still classified but as an indie a, film he was a producer actor actor but he, he said he also he, wanted he to also produ- produce so the job. Th- doesn't that as a producer mean you're, you're also putting cash that's why he's the producer because he put cash so i'm pretty sure that he was like look i'll also put in a uh, i'll put in a large amount but then just understand i need you're gonna pay me a large amount as well type of thing is that what he said or don't the producers make money That's on how, how well it. the movie does? Probably. That's also why like a producer's not mm. just going to sign on to any film because mm. they are banking in, on so the, in, the, 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 the film yeah. doing well. So in other words, he made money out of it. Yeah. When, when but it, they had to pay him as well. Right? Look, I suppose because he had a, an acting role. For me, how I said, I could ah, be wrong. Maybe that's how it was. For me, yeah. how I said, as a producer, mm. you're an investor. So you're kind of like, you're not there on the scene, Mm. you know, you're not directing, you're not editing, Mm. you're not doing the hard labor, you're investing, you're just like a shareholder. This Mm. is how I, obviously some producers. Decision making and cash. cash, cash And then when the film brings in money, that's kind of when you now, you had a 50% share or Mm. you had a 20 and now you'll get 20% of however much the film brings in. So that's, I think, but then Mm. on the acting side though, unless though he... He said, although I'm sure he would have gotten yeah. an uh, some, he I'm sure he would have made money well, from the thinking. acting position. Yeah. yeah. So he was like the most well-known actor at the time in the film. Tim Roth had also done. He plays Mr. Orange. Um, mm. If you don't know who that is, he's the blonde guy who's the undercover cop. Yeah. But the way the story. The, the, mm. the way Quentin told the story was brilliant. Like the way he revealed things later on. And in essence, what this film is about, it's very simple. It is literally a film about the hour, the, the first hour after how many guys were there in total? Like six, like six, six, think, yeah. six or seven guys after they rob a jewelry or diamond store, what happens the first hour in a warehouse? So they obviously come, they, the, the plan was to come back to the warehouse after the robbery. Yeah. And it's, it's the events literally that take place 
in the warehouse it's very basic like literally that's what it's about that's what the story is about there are times though where they'll where he jumps step back up, step time yeah yeah to just show you okay mm. this is how this guy joined this is the so that you've got context but the way he sets it up initially it's not like you don't watch it in chronological order which for me is clever because it keeps you like at first you're like what like at first you don't know what the movie's about. Then and then you're like, okay, what is the movie about? And you're like, okay, they robbed something. This guy's been shot. You know, they're panicking. So like the way they set that up. But originally, uh, Tom Roth didn't. He didn't want to audition yeah. for the film. And then uh, Quentin Tarantino and Harvey took him or, or met with him. At, I think it actually at at Harvey's house or something like that. And got uh, they all got drunk and only being drunk did tim roth then agree to a role in the film under the influence under the influence this is like ah, you know i print let's do it yeah man then i know steve buscemi yeah i reckon that's that was the one face Mm. other than quentin tarantino that i was like oh i know that guy like he he tim roth for me i i was I just looked at him like, no, man, I, I, this guy, this guy, this guy, I know this guy's face. Really? Yeah. And I still, and I even watched interviews with him and then I'm just like, I know, I know this guy's face somewhere else. But you don't know where from. Yeah. I know that uh, there are actually various movies that he's been in. Uh, he's in Pop Fiction. Okay. Planet of the Apes. He's with actually the old one or the actu- new one? He's actually one of the apes. Oh! Yeah, but obviously, yeah, it's not that you'd recognize yeah, him. Yeah, uh, so, yeah, and then Shang-Chi, he also plays <gasps> one of the, the, the monsters as well. So, obviously, oh, he does he, a lot of like yeah, motion capture. Yeah. Once upon a time in Hollywood, he was in there. What? Where? Yeah, truly. <laughs> yeah. Who was he in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood? Yeah, he was in there as well. And then something, so, something, so yeah, he. He's been around. He's and even the way he talks. He That's rem- sad. He's like yeah. an okay. I suppose maybe it's also though he's yeah. not our era. He did say though in the one interview he, he mentioned that he had an option to sort of go more the like uh, you know main mainstream way, like he was offered. But he he likes the the what do you call it, the indie film industry. Okay. That, oh wow. Okay. That sort of scene behind you know type of stuff, which is sort of stuck sure. there. So, I actually respect him for yeah, that. That's why he sort of sort of stayed there. I know that with the, with the film, what he uh, loved about Mr. Orange and wh- why he went after him is because he's obviously English mm. and um, he had to be American mm. in the film. So in the film, he had to be a cop undercover as a... Oh, wow. So for him, it, it was like a, you know... He yeah, was doing the... He was literally yeah, undercover. It was those four things that like really, yeah. yeah. You should watch him in interviews. He's, he's actually quite an interesting guy. I saw him in, so James Corden recreated the torture scene with both him and um, Steve. Mm. His name's Steve, right? So they came on the show, yeah. And Mm. then he interviewed them and then they did like a comedy skit where they recreated that scene. And so I saw him a bit there. He's almost very like... He 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 comes for me. He comes across as having a very dry sense of humor. Yeah, and he like keeps a straight face like most of the time. Maybe uh, I I think in that one he did. He seemed, very, but uh, in a lot of his, he actually reminds me of someone who's very um, the- theatrical, like oh, dramatic, wow. sure, like with his face expressions. Look, in and Reservoir stuff. Dogs, he mm. was so dramatic. But he's very different though in his films. Oh really? That's why I I think he's actually I for, for me. I actually see him as a very good actor. Actor, yeah. If you see him in other roles, uh, in other movies, there are the very simple like face expressions that he actually pulls off. 
that I, 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 was, I was actually quite, you know, researching through uh, this film and that he, he actually caught my attention. Sure. Yeah, I, f- I found him very, very interesting. Yeah, no, he was, I, mm. I, honestly, I can say his character, he was very captivating. Did you think, it, uh, obviously, the, the, the part in the car where he got shot, did you find that quite dramatic? No, he was, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> He was like, I'm gonna, I'm gonna die. die. <laughs> and then he like twist his body. I'm like, don't twist exactly. your body like that, dude. You're bleeding. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, no, he was very, yeah. and even his face, like, mm. no, but, and then the, you know, when they first get into the warehouse and he's looking at, um, I think it was Mr. White and he's all tra- uh, traumatized. Yeah. And you, you actually like feel for him because like sometimes in movies, people die so quickly that you don't get the, I don't want to die. I'm mm. scared of dying. But obviously, yeah. Like, I was like waiting for really, it. Like, I'm waiting for it. I'm like, yep, there he's going. And then he twitches. I'm like, no, no, <laughs> still going. Wow, he's still, mm. a, this guy's got a mm. stamina and half. Mm. So this film's budget, even though it was 1 million, it was still low because I'm th- obviously they had to pay actors, et cetera, et cetera. So mm. many of the actors were asked to actually wear their own clothing. Um, most notably was Chris Penn's dra- uh, track, you know, the purple track jacket that yeah. he yeah. that was actually his jacket and then the signature black suits were actually provided for free by the costume designer and the reason she did that was because she absolutely loves um american crime for the, the american crime fil- film genre so she actually said to quentin i'll donate these black suits to you for free however steve wore his own black jeans instead of um suit pants and michael manson wore a jacket and pants that came from two different suits so they um wore their own clothes also i know that the guy that played um mr blonde who was michael madsen he actually drove his own car yeah, that, that was his own cadillac and yeah. this i loved so when he shows up at the warehouse he's got a soda and he's drinking from a, a soda he bought that soda for himself for his character so that his character could have i'm like yes not these actors stroll on to said can i please have my whatever like taking your character like for i think that's also why i love this film yeah. is like they the, all of them just came together mm-hmm. and like we're like, we're going to yeah. make something special here. We don't have a lot of money to do it. And they were willing to constantly, com- not compromise, mm. but like figure out ways to to, to, to it. get it done. Mm. Even though, like, yeah, they, yeah. they weren't. Well, Quentin uh, Tarantino's original idea of this film was to just do it uh, with, with friends. Yes. Type of thing. So... It was, a, it was a passion project. It, it, it went a bit further than yeah. it should have. Yeah, it really did. It was a good thing. He also was go- originally going to play Mr. Pink, who's played by Steve. That's the oh. one person that actually survives the whole film. He's like the last man standing, literally. And... Um, he made a point of letting the actors know when they were auditioning that he's playing Mr. Pink. Steve, though, really connected with the character. And so he said to Tarantino, I want to read for this, um, for the, for this role. Mm. And Tarantino said, fine, you can, but you have to like kill this audition in order for me to give it to you mm. and not give it to myself. Mm. And obviously he plays Mr. Pink. So he clearly killed his audition. And so Tarantino actually gave up that role and gave it to Steve. Yeah. Also, the budget, once again, was so low that police assistance for traffic control was not an option. So in the scene where Steve forces a woman out of her car, that whole scene, and drives off, they could only do it when the traffic lights were green. I hope there was a stunts lady, yeah? Yeah, she was, she, yeah. She just yeah. out the window. <laughs> wow, just like, why? So they had to, like, literally, okay, guys, robots turning red, run, run, run. Mm. 
<laughs> okay, let's go. Green, green, yeah. green. Yeah, so... That actually reminds me of something we shot a couple of years ago. Uh, we filmed the scene where two guys hijacked another person in a car, just like up the road here. Because we it was quiet. It was on a Saturday, yeah. right? And... and uh, Forgot that there, there's a police station, like... And a bit after that, we had someone come up and he was like... <gasps> he's like, he was genuinely in a panic. He's like, oh my word. Cause, and then when we told him, no, no, we're shooting. He's like, oh my word. Oh my God, really? Oh... And, and then at that point we realized we're like, oh, wait, was okay. this the was this the hijacking or was this the shooting? The one? hijacking. The hijacking. Cops yeah. came. Yeah. Like literally, cops came up and almost yeah. arrested the two dudes. Shot yeah. them. Yeah, it was very. In intense. fact, we've actually still got it on film. Yeah. Where like you see the cop car. We got like the the long shots. And then we're like driving up, and next minute we see the police van behind, <laughs> and, and they, they stop at distance. Nowhere. And next minute they they even like pop out the side, and they're running up with the guns. The guns like, like go, yeah, yeah, yeah. And we're just like, go down, get, <laughs> just get down, just, just tell them, we're just filming. get down. Yeah, yeah, shame. So guys, be careful where you film, you know, if you're guerrilla filming. But in an interview in 2009 with the BBC, and I mean, that's a lot of years later, Quinton actually said that he was proud the movie um, that this movie is often on top 10 heist movies lists, mm. even though you never actually see the heist, which is so true. That's the crazy part. Mm. The, this, this film is so simple. Like literally when I was watching, when when they said that it's it's about the hour after a heist in a warehouse, that's actually what the movie's about. Like, there's nothing more to it, actually. Like, you don't go into backstory. You sort of go into, like... Kind of. Touch. Like, but very mm. slight. It's not like my mama used to say when I was a young boy. No. You don't even know if they, they, they're in relationships. I think that was good because of the fact that they had to conceal their identities yes. from the others. So they yes. just sort of kept that... Yeah, uh, kept, kept that going. I mean, was there anybody's name that we knew? Yes. Um, Only the one. The The... the Mr. White revealed his name to Mr. Orange, yeah. which was the undercover cop. Yeah. And then Steve, who was Mr. Pink, still said, why did you tell him his name? Mm. He was like, he was dying. Yeah, yeah there's that. But yeah. I can't remember his name. <laughs> no, I don't remember his name. Either. Yeah. He's just like me. <laughs> and then also, once again, low budget film, Mr. Orange, um, uh, his apartment, so that's the undercover cop, was the upstairs to the warehouse where most of the movie takes place. The filmmakers redecorated it to look like an apartment in order to save money on finding a real apartment. We know what that's like. Mm -hmm. you know, mm -hmm. We've turned uh, normal rooms into hospitals. Right. Mm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we have so this is now we we said that we'd g g fill you in on some pulp fiction trivia while we yeah. edit so in the film the dude that cuts off the cop's ear can i just say that was so intense that scene was it was so well done but it was so intense like mm. you i think it honestly could be one of the, and i s don't say this was, like happy it was kind of creepy with the music no it was very good yeah. for me though it's one of the film mm. his the film industry's best torture mo scene mm. because it's so like ah, that's mm. horrible like oh my goodness and also that song that was played in that scene mm. took up in fact, I don't think they had any more money after they, they bought the rights for that song for any of the other music in the film. Yeah. So all of Quinson was literally like, I won't have any other music in the film except I want that song for that scene. So he was very particular about getting that song. Obviously, there is other music in the film, but that's because the producers and that were able to, you know, work their magic. And and isn't Quinton known to like write pieces for music? Yes, and he even includes it in because Quinton writes yeah. his own scripts. He's a, he's a writer director so he mm. writes his own script and then he makes the movie and he does include the 
Yeah. But back to um, Pulp Fiction. Yeah. So Mr. Blonde, who does the torture scene, right? His real name is Vic Vega. So that's actually his character's name. And now this is the same surname as Vince Vega, who's played by John Travolta in Pulp Fiction 1994. So that was the next uh-huh. one. And Tarantino revealed that Vic and Vince are actually brothers. So this Pulp Fiction and Reservoir Dogs, he said are he, two films that they both consist in the same universe. Mm. So literally those two characters even though they're not in the films together they're brothers and he actually intended to do a prequel to both films called Double V Vega which would star the Vega brothers which would have been um, Michael Manson and John Travolta but what happened was he, Tarantino said eventually the two actors he felt had gotten too old to reprise their younger selves and so he basically abandoned that Mm. project well, today, you know, they're doing a lot of CG, uh, Quint. You know, maybe you want to give that a it's try. It's not the same, though. <laughs> <laughs> they did it with uh, Samuel J- Jackson. <laughs> yeah, they Remember, did, I suppose. baby smooth skin and all, ah. you know? Well, no, you Will Smith. And Will Smith, yeah. Wh- when did they do it with Sam? In, in Captain Marvel. In Captain oh, Marvel, yes. yeah. Yeah. And then, this is interesting. Mm. So, Reservoir Dogs actually made, you know, character... Individual character posters Like that's such a normal thing yeah, yeah, today yeah. So you have Avengers And then mm. you have an Iron Man poster Then you have a Hulk poster Then you have a So where they, they do like the different characters I want the Thor one You see? Yeah But they, they this he, he, he was the first person to do that mm. Because before that Movie posters It was one poster With all of your characters on Or whatever mm. But he actually wanted Individual character posters made And what he did was He had the, a picture of the character He'd take the the, the, the Iconic mo- Yeah, the iconic, iconic line, line. Mm. And then um, he The reason he did it Which is brilliant Is in the film All of the, the guys involved Are trying to be the main character. They actually, all the characters are fighting for like the main role, if you think about yeah, it. True. And so he, mm. that's why he wanted to give each one an individual poster to almost show that they were all fighting to, to do that. But I mean, that this film is what made individual character posters a, a thing, where, the thing that it, it is started, today. Guys. Yeah, this yeah. is, Quentin Tarantino you know, literally changed the Quentin, face of the film industry. Quentin uh, Tarantino has started a lot of... What, what do you call it? Uh, uh, you know, something that then a lot of other people do. Do after, afterwards. Yeah. Uh, I was watching a film about him. Well, like a, more like an interview. And there was a piece of music that he found uh, that he used in Kill Bill. But he, this music he found in a Chinese film. And it was such a short piece. And he used it in Kill Bill. And from now onwards, like they've been using it. For in art, for, for that's like like a you know a hero like they used it in in a film called uh, Team America, mm. they used it in a part uh, Panda, they used it like like even Shrek and it that. becomes like a full moment. So, sure, that so they... and, and it's exactly the same piece sure. for the same uh, whatever's happening in the scene. It's where like this team gets together and they're about to like fight and stuff like that. So, Quentin. Also, mentioning Chinese film, I don't know if you know this, but this film, Reservoir Dogs, was actually based... Quentin got the idea for it on a 
another Chinese film. And that film is all about these this undercover cop. It's literally the same thing. An undercover cop joining these these bank or these robbers that are going to rob a jewelry store. That's literally the 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 theme of that yeah. that movie. And people even were like, Yeah, no, the he basically copied that film. But Quentin has actually stated that he's almost like um devoted Reservoir Dogs to that film because that's where he got the idea oh, cool. for. But now so this is Quentin Tarantino's first film, right? They 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 take it to the Sun um, Dance Film Festival, which is like yeah. huge, right? Like think about it, your first film, take it to the Sun Dance Film Festival. Is this like a like, they, first like screening? A, first what do you screening. Call it, uh, like almost like a, uh, would it be a premiere? Yes, it is a premiere. So it's, a premiere it's the right? first ever screening. Okay, cool. No one's ever watched the movie before. It's the first audience screening, mm. and. Quentin Tarantino said it was horrible because basically that so this film was shot for widescreen and they they the projector that they had they didn't they only had for the normal size lenses mm. which means the like the image was cropped like seriously cropped mm. and so half of what was shot wasn't mm. shown on screen mm. which is horrible plus then mm. halfway through the film when they they fighting the lights apparently came on in the theater someone turned the lights on and then they were like oh flip it's not finished so they turned the lights off again and then there was apparently a power outage quentin was just like this was horrible like shave the first screening ever and it was just before the final shot Yes. So just like that's it. And everyone's just like, uh, so what happened? So what happened? Yeah. Uh, no shame. It and that's was. like the punch of the film. Yeah, it right really then. is the punch of the film. Mm. This film was also voted the best independent film ever by Empire Magazine. I must be honest, I have to actually agree with that because it didn't even feel like it. It, it looks like an independent film. That's why that's I was amazed at yeah. how simple it was. But at the same time, it didn't feel like an independent film. There were some places, I don't know if you saw, where they, like, they sort of left imperfections in. There was one part where, I don't know who it was, he's lighting a lighter. And he, uh, he can't get it. He has his methods, and eventually he's like, okay, this, like, so I think it was part of his character. He was like, okay, cool, my character's going to light this thing like this. And I don't know if you saw that character, even though he was smoking, he wasn't smoking. Yes! Did I you did see, see that? that? I was so like, did he give the guy a, f a, a poison cigarette? It was or? twice. Yes. So he lights it for, for, um, for Mr. Pink. Then he... Then he when he lights it when he lights it for himself, the flame's so far away. Yes, that he doesn't light and it. And then I noticed the second cigarette that he had, he would do this, and then he wouldn't exhale ever and he did it a couple times and i noticed he obviously didn't smoke it almost attracted my eye to, mm. to the people who were uh, smoking and i noticed i was just like uh, that guy doesn't smoke i thought that they were gonna bring that in somehow but obviously it wasn't it? part of the story <laughs> it was just him not he's the producer that's that's so he, yeah, that's he's right. the actor that joined and yeah. then, but i did see that that now that you mentioned that is cool. it's like and then also they say that this is it was also voted the most influential movie in the past 15 years by the same magazine which I also mm. um, yeah I also agree with well I saw on YouTube uh, trailers or uh, interviews or stuff centered around the film that was released like seven years ago yes so it shows you how stuff still yeah I must be honest I thought when we were doing research I was gonna find nothing yeah, on this too. film because it's mm. so old you know mm. YouTube wasn't a thing back then mm. I was shocked at the amount mm. there was a three hour documentary a three hour I saw a three hour I didn't watch it but I saw a three hour documentary wow. on so it's it's 
clearly a brilliant film. The only um, female line that was in the whole film was cut. The, that whole scene was cut. Which, and actually, I didn't even think about it, but there's no woman that speaks I'll in the whole different. film. I'll the only different. thing, so there were two things I didn't like about the film. The first was the, the profanity. It yeah. was horrible. Mm. Literally, they even say there were 421 yeah, uses right. of profanity. Yeah. And apparently, it's on the list of, of the... 27th the, highest yes, usage. of the F word yeah. in a film ever. So... Yeah. 269 F words. <laughs> the, for me, it spoiled it. It really did. And then also the, yeah. the, the conversation between the guys. Right in the beginning. Right in the beginning. But also yeah, there was another scene again. And I was yeah. just like, this is... this mm. is." And mm. I must be honest, I, I don't know if... <laughs> just hear what I'm saying, right? I don't know if this film would have done as well as it did back then nowadays because mm. of the whole feminist movement. Because yeah. it really, mm. first of all, there's like, okay, there was one female line, but then it was cut. But I do understand. I mean, Quinton said the film's about the the hour after the 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 robbery. It's not like they're gonna call their girlfriends to come meet them at mm. the warehouse. So it does make sense from that mm. perspective. But then also like the way they spoke about females was very derogatory at times, yeah. type of thing. So. Mm. Yeah, but for me, it wasn't uh, like I'm not feminist. I'm not gonna complain about there was no chick in the movie. Like honestly, that doesn't bother me. But just the the conversation was like, yeah. I think those are the. Otherwise, I thoroughly enjoyed and it. And it was like the first scene. Like it, you, it you're kicks, like it kicks off straight into okay into that. Yeah. That conversation. And that conversation, apparently, um, so obviously, Quinson referred to Madonna's song, yes, Like a Virgin. Yeah. And she she then actually watched the film. She did mm. like it, but she actually said to Quinson, that wasn't the meaning behind my song, Like a Virgin. Yeah. And then also one of the, the, the actors. Yes, who was it? Uh, was it, sh why do I remember the surname Penn? Sean Penn. It wasn't Sean Penn. But he is the, he's brothers to... The guy that was once married? No, she did marry Sean Her Penn. Brother. Sean Penn's brother acted in that's, the film. That's the br yeah. He, his brother. Chris Penn. Chris Penn acted in the film, yeah. but in that conversation, he doesn't say anything because he actually because didn't want to. At that point, Sean Penn and mm. I think Madonna had already divorced, so he didn't want to say anything about his ex sister in law. So he actually keeps quiet that entire scene. But then also, um, uh, so George Clooney auditioned for the role of Mr. Blonde. Yeah. George Clooney wasn't a big actor. This was before his time. Mm. So he actually didn't get the role. But then he did end up, obviously his career blew up and he has acted mm. with Quentin Tarantino before. And then also um, another person who auditioned for this movie was... Samuel L. Jackson! Yeah, and he right. didn't get the role. Yeah. But Quentin Tarantino, I thought this is very cool. He actually has a habit of casting actors who auditioned for a move for one of his movies but didn't get the role. And so he'll often cast you in his uh, next film. Okay. So Samuel L. Jackson was cast in Pulp Fiction so and I'm then obviously has been cast in his films. I'm sure he gave him a, you know, I promise I'll use you <laughs> kind of card. Type and then show him, he actually does. Yeah, like he, he actually does, which I think is really cool. Mm. Also, the editor of this film, she she isn't alive today. She actually um, passed away from heat stroke. I know. I didn't know you could die from heat stroke. Well, I was like, what? Well, on a jog. How about that? Yeah, that's insane. Sure. But she actually, her um, uh, manager told mm, her not, not to, because she was fairly new. He was like, they, they said, I don't know if it was a woman or a man, but they told her not to. And she actually decided to go with her gut and did edit it. And then her and Quentin Tarantino actually went ahead. And then his first six movies were edited by her. 
I don't know if I said her name. Her name yeah. is Sally Menka. Mm. So she she actually went on to basically edit his films until mm. she died, mm. which I think you is see? pretty cool. If you got a good gut feeling, go, go for with it. it. Mm. They, but they do say that in the film industry. Mm. I know mm. even the Duffer brothers are like, go with your gut. Mm. Don't go with yeah. And then Reservoir Dogs. Maybe you're like, what is it? A movie about dogs? No, there's literally no dogs in the film. But I actually didn't know what Reservoir do Dogs yeah. means. Apparently, it's slang for someone who snitches to the police or someone who's an undercover cop, which makes complete sense now. It's like, oh. It sounds like it's a, like a, a disrespect. Yeah. Right? Like a you, yeah. Know, you might as well have called them, you dirty rat. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, he actually, Quinson got the idea or the title for this film. He was working in a video store, which I think is so cool. Was. He was working in a video store. And one day, he happened to recommend a film. It was a French film to um, a person and the, the customer mockingly replied, I don't want to see no reservoir dogs. And that stuck in his head. And obviously then he was like, I'm making a movie called Reservoir Dogs. But however, even though there's no dogs in the actual film and the title is never actually spoken in the film, like no one says Reservoir no. Dogs, but there are two references to dogs. The first one is the German shepherd present in Mr. Orange's uh, um, flashback. Cool. Yeah. yeah, And then Mr. Blonde called Mr. White Doggy. So those are the two dog references. <laughs> Yeah, I must be honest. I did uh, enjoy it. For me, though, the swearing, especially in the beginning, like mm. I think, it, uh, and the as the movie got like the action happened, it like got better. Like yeah. then you like okay, cool. The beginning, I was mm. just like, Quentin, what are you doing, man? There were, there were a lot of uh, unnecessary times when yes. you know. Yeah, that no, that yeah. what are they doing? Circling the block? I'm dying yet. Then the other guys like, what? I'm bleeding yet. I'm just like. Okay, sure. You could have said that. That's hectic. <laughs> two seconds. Yeah, well, because you didn't use all that profanity. Or, you know, die. <laughs> Take it easy, dude. You're dying, dude. Do you want to get to heaven or not? The blood pressure's pushing more blood out your wound there, bro. <laughs> That's what I just thought of. For me, yeah. though, the, the only thing that confused me was so Quentin Tarantino is known for taking bad stories that have horrible endings mm. and giving them that perfect Hollywood ending. Like we've saw that in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood mm. in Django, all of that. For me, this one didn't have that, but maybe it was just like his first film. Maybe you know? he did it and he was like, hmm, good film, but uh, something, we just need to just tweak one or two things. And maybe that's where he sort of just... By the end uh, of the movie, you're like... What was the point? Yeah. But it was still a it was still a good film. Like it was mm. still the story was told in a good way. The acting was good. The it was so simple. For me, what amazed me was it was and obviously it's because it was an independent film. And yeah. they they I know they cut scenes because of budget restraints and st things mm. like that. Um. But like I think Mr. Blue, Mr. Blue died. Hey, he's he. Yeah. You were actually supposed to see his death, yeah. but because of time constraint and budget constraints they they filmed it in 35 days they ended up cutting that scene so yeah and that's the way it was mm -hmm. but i i am glad i watched it i am you, you you see where quentin came from yeah. although he started off well i must mm. be honest sometimes like peter jackson's first movie shame <laughs> that movie was very weird <laughs> it was like okay wow that, that movie gave me hope. I remember that. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, okay, I'm not too bad, you know? <laughs> yeah, I remember that film. I actually, I don't know why I came across it. Maybe about a month ago. Oh, is there is? But I came you across You can watch it. it on YouTube. Yeah, it's actually on there. Mm. Uh, what did they call themselves? Wingnut Productions. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. For me, this one was, was 
better than that one. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, so Reservoir Dogs, Quentin and Tarantino. I look forward to, to the next film. Yeah. Although I suspect that there might be quite a bit of bad language in it. Yeah. I feel like that is what I think mm. that's part of Quentin Tarantino's movies. Although I do feel like, for I don't know why, but in my mind it got a bit better. Unless I, unless... How do you mean? Like once upon a time in Hollywood, I remember the scene with Leonardo DiCaprio in his... In his um, trailer where he's like mad with uh, himself and he's uh, yeah, like yeah. Uh, and there he like yeah. used the f word like a couple of times yeah but like in the, the not i don't remember it like reservoir mm. dogs they filmed constantly uh, they they swore sorry yeah. constantly if you understand what That's i'm saying saying it, it was very unnecessary yeah whereas uh, like once upon a time in hollywood you yeah. there was it, you could watch like quite a couple of scenes i almost without. get the impression that quinton's like that ah, stick the f word in there man if you can say it and, <laughs> and if you can say it say it twice if you want to you know what i'm saying that, <laughs> three that, times for good luck yeah, it's, it's almost Quentin, he probably speaks like that mm, yeah i was gonna say that yeah. as well quinton definitely strikes me as a guy and i could be completely off but that's someone that really is not afraid to express himself or express yeah. uh, the way that he wants. I know that there was a huge... If, if you look on the wiki page of Quentin um, uh, Tarantino, there's actually a section there of a lot of controversies of stuff that's happened where people have tried to push up against him. And he's just, just straight up and just been like, nope, I don't think so. Go yeah. read them. There's actually quite a, sure. a lot of interesting uh, little situations. I there. know in this film, they wanted to remove the torture scene and he was like, no. <laughs> yeah, I mean, what? Yeah, look, there's worse torture scenes, eh? Um, I just think the way it was done, it was, was kind brilliant. of freaky because of the music. Yeah, I think Mr. Blot, the character was like he was so yeah. he was a psychopath. But, oh my goodness! But I didn't, I didn't personally really find it too. Yeah, no, it was too. I mean, he like pulled out the, the blade, and I'm just like, oh, yeah, like they didn't okay. show you the actual cut off the ear. And uh, the character that played Mr. Mr. Blue, right? Uh, he had actually just had a kid around that time. No, of no, filming. that was the cop. That was the cop. Was, was it the, the cop? Was the cop? Yeah. Oh. They, remember, they took oh, the cop hostage. Oh, I thought it was Mr. Blue. No. So filming that scene mm. was uh, quite a struggle, for, especially because I, I and I relate because I also heard because I was also thinking, wait, this guy's just about to die. Like, what do you do in the last moments? How do you how do you beg and plead? What do you do? And this guy's psycho. He's going psycho, and he's like, dude, no, he's I'm not just going to kill you. I want to make you suffer. <laughs> And then when I heard and him, I'm gonna play music while I'm doing exactly. it. Exactly. And then when I heard him say, "Come on, I just got a kid," I'm like, "Oh no, come on, dude, the guy's and, just got a kid." Come, and then come on. the actor that was torturing, so the guy that played Mr. Blonde, mm. I think his name's Michael, whatever. He he had just had a child. Yeah, that's what I was yes. saying. Yes. So yeah. for him, but he acted very well yeah. because it, apparently his, he hid. Yeah. His, he said he actually battled to yeah, film that scene. That's right. Yeah. But that didn't honestly mm. that didn't come across. Mm. Like honestly, he came across as a psycho. Mm. Like I was like, what the hell? wrong with this guy but at least he didn't kill him. when he died i was like yeah good that's what you get he just cut his ear off and then he was gonna burn him yeah right he just cut his ear but off and then he, was, he was just gonna burn him you know ryan you do realize his his face was bleeding there was open wounds and he was throwing petrol at him you know there's worse things out there of torture. Ryan, open wound okay. petrol open wound what oh, yeah, petrol. Yeah, yeah. Open room and yeah, petrol. I was thinking about that when you poured in his ear and I was just like, that, that's going to ah! be burning right there. <laughs> I'm sure your ear feels like, oh no, you don't have an ear. Never mind. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, and he still takes the ear. Hello, can you hear me? <laughs> <laughs> that was a brilliant scene. I'm glad yeah, they didn't cut it out. Yeah. Honestly, it was one of the most memorable scenes of the mm. movie. So Quentin Tarantino was good to <laughs> say no, you know. He's like, and no, <laughs> we are keeping that in. And then there was a, a real criminal in this film. Mm. 
Mm-hmm. Hey? Edward Edward Bunker, go read about him. Quite a uh, he actually uh, went to jail. A, quite a rebel. And got out on parole. Eleven. Eleven years old. He was taken into not jail. What do they call it? Just like a oh the the, the when you're under eighteen. Yeah, when you when you're under mm. eighteen, and then I think by the age of Juvenile. fourteen or seventeen. That's right. Then he was really put in real form. And this guy, and he wrote books. I know. He was, I was writing like, how do you become books. famous after going to jail? He's writing novels and all that type of stuff. I was just like. In fact, didn't he get out on parole and then literally drive straight to the set? I read that somewhere that one really? day he got out. I don't know if it was parole or bail. Wow. But literally straight from the prison or police station or whatever, he went straight to set. I was like, okay. Yeah. And there he is sitting in the film. And apparently, hey, you know the, the big boss in the film, the guy that was in charge of the whole operation? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Apparently, he wasn't nice to work with. Mm. He was horrible. He'd, he'd forget his lines. He would take long on scenes. Quinton eventually got like into... Quinton almost fired him. Yeah. And the, the, cast, the cast was still happy they about like it. applauding. Yeah, because he was just unprofessional. Sure. Yeah. Yeah, so that was Quentin Tarantino's first film. Reservoir Dogs. We'll be doing Pulp Fiction next. Yeah. Pulp Fiction, yeah. I mean, it has John Travolta, Samuel L. Jackson, yeah. and um, what's her name? She's married to Ethan Hawke. Her daughter's Maya Hawke, who's in Stranger Things. No clue. Which just makes sense why Maya Hawke was in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Oh, is it? Daughter of Chick from Pulp Fiction. Mm. But the blonde. That chick. Can't remember her name. Yes. Next week. Come yes. next week for her name if you don't know it. <laughs> yeah. We're going to give you the load, load down, load yeah. down on all of that information mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. right there. And I, yeah, at, at Pop Fiction, I know that there's a lot of trivia. I think there's going to be a lot of trivia in there because I know that I've heard so many Pop Fiction, pop, like a lot of facts about whatever yeah. stuff related to that film. So that'll be next week. Let's go. Mm. But until then, peace. Cheers. Stay updated and entertained with Active FM on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, TikTok, Apple Podcasts, YouTube, LinkedIn, Spotify, Anchor, and everywhere else. Engage with us. Like the post, comment, share them out, retweet, and repost. Spread the word. Active FM. Radio has never been better.